Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to open up your word, to explore your truths, and for Christ to be made more real to us. We pray that the Holy Spirit will soften our hard hearts and open our deaf ears to hear you afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Bit of a puzzle to start off with, a bit of a quiz. I want you to see if you can work out which part of the Bible this passage comes from. It's the passage that's in your service sheet. You can follow there or listen. So who can work out where this passage comes from? I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. The weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up, my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pray, those who pay regard to vain idols, forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I am the voice, I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Where's it from? Jonah. That was a trick question. Because it sounds like it comes from where? Doesn't it sound like a psalm? My goodness me. What were some of the clues that it was from Jonah? Yeah, there's a few of them there, isn't there? There's cast me into the sea, the waters closed over me, the weeds were wrapped around my head. I mean, the sermon graphic probably would have given you a clue if you'd looked on the front page as well. Those verses start with this beforehand. This is the, this is the verse that introduces Jonah's prayer. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. If I'd read that, there would have been absolutely no surprises. I mean, why does it sound like a psalm, though? I mean, if, if you had no clues, uh, your, your average Christian would automatically think that was from the psalms because it sounds like a psalm, doesn't it? Because Jonah was schooled in prayer, and that meant he was schooled in the psalms. He knew the psalms. He prayed the psalms so well that when he found himself in a very difficult situation, the belly of a large fish, he couldn't help but pray a psalm-like prayer. And we can enroll in that school of prayer as well. We can enroll in the school of psalms. And that's going to be our focus this morning. So we're going to briefly recap Jonah's story, familiar to many of us. We'll then look at Jonah's schooling in the psalms, and then we'll have a look at Jonah's prayer itself. Now, for our congregation, I've been preaching through a series on Ephesians, and I'm going to take a break over the summer. Uh, one of the reasons is because the next passage in Ephesians is so controversial. Wives, submit to your husbands. I can't wait to preach that. But I'm not going to preach it now. I'm going to wait till all the congregation is back. And so 
we're going to draw breath and we're going to enjoy the Psalms. And then after the summer, we're going to pick up Ephesians in that wonderful passage. That's good. Just as an aside, we have a very large dog run at our place for Tobin. And I think when Judy saw it come, she said, there's room for my husband. So I'm going to have to be very careful how I preach that time. But anyway, we come now to Jonah's story. Jonah's story. Now, most of us, certainly if you've been in church a while, you know Jonah's story. And some of us would have been introduced to Jonah way back by a flannel graph. Hands up those who can remember a flannel graph. Now, children, and anyone under 30, a flannel graph was what we used to call an iPad. So, <laughs> so you know, it's what we had in church and as an iPad. And some of us can remember a Sunday school teacher with the flannel graph telling us stories, including the story of Jonah. Eugene Peterson, who's well known for translating the Bible or the message uh, and that, he, he said he really enjoyed that story. He can remember as a child learning the story of Jonah by flannel graph. And then he went to Bible college and he studied and the first book in the Bible he translated, the first book of the Old Testament he translated out of Hebrew, was Jonah. And he said it was just as much fun in Hebrew as it was in a flannel graph. And that's the thing with Jonah, it just never grows tired. And I will briefly recap the story in case there's some folk here that are a little bit rusty about that. Jonah was a prophet, and God told him to go to another country, the country of Assyria, and preach in the capital city, Nineveh. The problem was Nineveh, the Assyrians, were the arch enemy of the Israelites. In fact, in a few decades' time, they would come down from the north and they would totally destroy the ten tribes of Israel. But even at this stage, it was grim. And so for this reason, Jonah refused to go. He headed to the coast, got on a boat, and went in the opposite direction. And God sent a storm. And to save the lives of the sailors, Jonah said, throw me overboard. And the sea went calm, and God sent a big fish to swallow Jonah up. And so three days later, Jonah was spat out onto the shore near Nineveh. There he traveled and preached. And surprise, surprise, the people of Nineveh, the pagans, the idol worshippers, they listened and repented. And because God is a merciful God, he withheld judgment, much to Jonah's disgust. And the interesting thing about Jonah is in the first half of that story, he runs away and gets everything wrong. In the second half of the story, when he's obedient, he still gets it wrong. In fact, the only bit he really got right was the middle bit when he was in the belly of a fish. So that's Jonah's background. And what about Jonah's schooling? Why did, when he was in the belly of a fish, did his prayer sound so much like a psalm? Well, because he'd been to the school of prayer. And like any good school, it has a curriculum, and that curriculum are the Psalms. And in particular, Jonah prayed a psalm of lament. A lament. Now, there are different types of psalms. Out of the 150, some of them are worship ones and are upbeat. Same with the Thanksgiving psalms. Some psalms are all to do with royalty and the king and his majesty and leading the people in worship. And then there are laments. And laments are the most common form. And you think, well, why is the lament, the saddest songs, the most common form? It's probably because 
human condition, our human condition is so mixed up and so muddled, it's our most natural form of prayer. We're in trouble a lot, so we pray a lot of laments. Statistically, as I said, they're most common. Now, a lament, and that's exactly what Jonah is praying here, has a particular pattern, a form, a rhythm. It's recognisable, predictable opening, middle, and end. Laments. But there are other prayers as well scattered all through Psalms. So if we want to pray our true condition, if we want our prayer to be authentic, if we want to grow in prayer, then we need to enroll in the same school that Jonah did, the school of Psalms. Now before we get into detail of Jonah's prayer, let me explain one of the advantages. There are a number of advantages of praying the Psalms. Now one of the big advantages is that even though Jonah's psalm started in a very difficult situation, a situation of confinement, a situation of plight, Jonah's prayer did not get stuck there. You notice his prayer got bigger and bigger and encompassed God. One of the big advantages of praying like Jonah did, praying like a psalm, is it stops our prayers from being stuck. It's a very good place to say, Lord, I'm in trouble, I need your help. It's a good place to start. But often with Christians, we stay there. We get stuck. It all becomes about us and our problems and our need. And it doesn't move into the bigger picture. And the Psalms, especially the laments, teach us to do that really well. They stop our prayers from being self-centered and very, very small. Real prayer, biblical prayer, psalm prayer, rich prayer, deep prayer is dominated by a sense of God, a sense of awe, of wonder, of the bigger picture, being caught up in the grand story of redemption, God's saving work in our lives. God-pleasing prayer is a way of moving from a preoccupation with ourselves and being caught up in the adoration of our Heavenly Father and finding rest in his love. Let me give you an example to help show you what I mean. A lecturer was teaching a creative writing course at university, and so the young adults would come into his class and because they wanted to learn how to write poems and stories. However, most of their time, their writing that they submitted reeked of self-absorption. Everything they composed was reduced and recast in terms of me and my experiences. The lecturer says they were all narcissists and that seemed like they wanted to be better narcissists. And one day, out of frustration, he decided he would do something different and he took the students across the road from where his class was, where the university was, to a cemetery. And then he said, for the next hour, I want you to walk among the graves, read the epitaphs on the tombstones, pause, Imagine, feel what those folk might have felt and then go away and write. And you know it worked. The young writers were able to get past their own self-absorption and imagine bigger worlds than they had thought. They were able to enter in in a creative way and explore a whole new world where their self-absorption would never have taken them. And in many respects, the Psalms are like that cemetery. Not because it's dead and boring, 
because they take us outside ourselves into a much bigger world and allow us to leave our self-absorption behind. Now, this praying the Psalms has been part of the church for its first 1,800 years. And then about 100, 150 years ago, there was a shift. And the Psalms started to drop out of favor and be discarded by trendy devotional aids. And the Psalms were replaced by psychological mood changes and recommendations to pray as you're walking on a moonlit beach. Now, there's nothing wrong with devotional aids and spiritual disciplines, but I think the church is a lot poorer because we have neglected the school of prayer. We have neglected the Psalms as being our primary source of praying and growing in prayer. So there's nothing wrong with the daily bread and word for the day. Those are excellent devotional aids. However, in the God's curriculum of prayer... They are like electives. They are good to supplement, but our core curriculum needs to be in the Word of God, and when it comes to prayer, our core curriculum needs to be the Psalms. And we have neglected that as a resource for praying. Now, with any good class or with any good school, there also is a classroom. So not only have we got a curriculum, but we've got a classroom. So where was Jonah's classroom? Well, before it was the belly of the whale, he would have been schooled in the Psalms like any Jewish young lad from the age of 13 and above, and they would have known and and wrote, learned, and lived in the Psalms. But the school of prayer also had him praying in the belly of a fish. He was confined. He was restricted. Anxiety levels were high. And, you know, I think he prayed his best prayer ever when he was confined and restricted and anxious. So in God's school of prayer, there are times when we will find ourselves in the belly of a large fish. Not literally, but we will find ourselves confined, anxious, unable to see the way ahead. It may be financial hardship. It's a great place to pray your best prayer. Relationship collapse, career reversal, family difficulty, health setback. This is when we lean into the Psalms, as Jonah did, and find an open heaven to our gracious Father. And so Jonah's schooling consisted of a curriculum of Psalms and his ability to take the classroom wherever he needed to be and learn how to pray. But what about the content of Jonah's prayer? Let's see how much it sounded like a psalm. Firstly, in his vocabulary, and that's one of the reasons why you would have picked up it sounded like a psalm. Uh, There are a number of references. We'll go through just a few. So when he uses the phrase, my distress, Psalm 18, and other places, when he uses the word sheol, Sheol was the Hebrew word for grave, going down into the grave. Many times in the Psalms do that is that referenced. He uses the phrase, all your waves and your billows passed over me, Psalm 42. From your presence or from your sight, Psalm 139 and other places. Unto, upon your holy temple, Psalm 5, I can go on, the waters closed in over me. My life from the pit, 
my life was fainting away into your holy temple. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And you'll see those references there that he is unconsciously just drawing those phrases and those images from Psalms. He probably didn't think, now where's that, oh yeah, no, Psalm 6 has this wonderful phrase. I don't know if he did that. I think it just flowed because he was so familiar with the Psalms. But of course, it's not just vocabulary. It's not just words. Good, honest, integrity prayers not only have words, but they have emotion that combine together the right feelings. Now, every human motion is found and described in the Bible, and in particular, the Psalms. And the Psalms gives us help, a treasure chest of gems to help to put into words those feelings, especially blokes, not just blokes, but times we have these feelings and they just amorphous and we don't know until there's a name for them or there's an expression or we can say, I feel like. And that makes all the difference when it comes to communicating, but also understanding how we feel. Well, the Bible is full of these phrases and these ways of putting emotion into words that we can draw on. Like, take wonder. Psalm 139, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many of us have prayed that prayer? Why? Not just because the words are wonderful, but they help create, they they put into words our sense of wonder for the living God. What about repentance? You ever tried to put that into words? Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. What a wonderful resource we have to put into words our feelings. Worship. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Psalm 100. How many times have we felt like that? But struggled to put it into words, and so we draw upon the Psalms. And last example out of many, confidence in God. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the Psalms help us put into words the expression of our hearts. And these are just as important as the expression of our thoughts. And the wonderful thing is the Psalms give us permission to bring our feelings to God. There are times when we feel angry with God but some Christians are reluctant to express that because they feel that's a sin. But then you read the Psalms, and there are times when the psalmist lets God have it both barrels. And so the Psalms give us permission to feel frustrated with God when he's acting so slowly. Psalms gives us permission when we are betrayed by a friend and we are conflicted with that sense of loyalty, with that sense of hurt. The Psalms can put that into words so that you can bring it to God in a heartfelt way. Deep remorse for our failings. Deep sadness over grief. Psalms give you permission and the words to bring those to God in prayer. So Jonah's prayer had the words of Psalms, emotions that Psalms represent, but also the form or the pattern or the structure. 
And so let's take the style that Jonah prayed in the fish, which was a lament. Now, a lament has two basic stages. It starts with an honest and heart cry of frustration or fear or anger to God, angst. But then it moves to a confidence in God because he is good, even if our circumstances haven't changed in the meantime. Good example uh, would be Psalm 13, which I started off with today, but Psalm 13. Notice how the psalmist expresses his angst. How long, O Lord? How long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and my have sorrow in my heart all the day? So that's how a lament begins, but it finishes verses 5 and 6. This is how that same psalm finishes. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he is down beltously with me. Similar pattern with Jonah. You know, I'm in the belly of a fish and there's weed in my hair and, and salt water in my eyes and it's just awful. And then he ends up saying, I will fulfill my vows. Glory to be God and his salvation. And so we can learn the pattern of prayer from Psalms. The power of putting a voice to our words, knowing that our Heavenly Father is not going to come on us like a ton of bricks when we express our frustration to him, but also giving us the confidence that we won't get stuck feeling sorry for ourselves, but that we will move on to a greater confidence in God. And so the Psalms, a wonderful resource, a wonderful resource for our prayer life. Just a brief summary before I come to some take-homes. Jonah was enrolled in the school of prayer, and the Psalms was its curriculum. His classroom, well, was anywhere, anywhere from where he had his regular devotional times to even inside the belly of a large fish. And the Psalms, they teach us, they guide us, they show us how to put our thoughts into words, our feelings into words, and give us a form and a pattern in our prayers so that we don't get stuck. So what's some applications and take home? Well, today's the first Sunday of 2021, a day when we often think of new beginnings and where are we going with the Lord this year? There's a lot of uncertainty with COVID-19 and its implications still hanging around, as well as the general uncertainties of life. But still, there's a sense that God is with us, he is faithful, and as we lean into him, he can do new and wonderful things. So my challenge for each of us, including myself this year, is to read a psalm a day and then pray a psalm a day. 150 psalms. That gives us an opportunity to do each psalm twice, maybe three times. Some psalms are very short. Now, some are a bit longer, and some of those longer ones you might want to chop up to two or three days. But a psalm a day, and then pray a psalm a day. Read it out loud, because that slows you down, and it helps you catch up some words and phrases. And then say, Lord, how can I pray this psalm? I was praying through Psalm 2 today, so I thought I'd get ahead of everyone. One yesterday, Psalm 2, it's a royal psalm. It's all about the king. And so whenever you come to a royal psalm that talks about the king, think of Jesus. As soon as you start thinking of Jesus with those royal psalms, it all starts to make sense. 
it all start, yeah, well, this, this is a psalm that uh, praises Jesus, or this is a song that Jesus' king will sing before the heavenly Father. And some of the psalms uh, will be psalms of repentance, and some will be psalms of joy and praise-giving, and a, and a good number of them will be psalms of lament. And some mornings or evenings when you do your quiet times, you will pick up that psalm and God will speak a real living word into your life and you'll be amazed. And other times you'll just be a little bit bored. <laughs> Have you found that? Reading the Bible, sometimes the Lord living God makes it just pop up and other times it's a bit of a slog. But that's okay because that's what disciples are about. You enjoy the good times and you are faithful when the times are a little bit slow. Now and again, you will come to a psalm that you will really scratch your head off and you think, Lord, is that really allowed in the Bible? And sometimes you just need to move along from those psalms. There's not many, but sometimes there are. If I have time, I'll sort of preach on some of those harder ones. But there's so many good ones. So I encourage you to enroll in the school of prayer. And for 2021, read a psalm a day and then pray. There'll be something in there. It might only be one phrase that you latch on to and that's what you're going to pray about. It might be the whole psalm. You just think, wow, Psalm 100 is so amazing, psalm of praise. I'm just going to pray that whole psalm today. And remember, as you do, you are praying the same psalms that Jesus prayed. You are singing, speaking, the same psalms that Jesus sung and spoke. Because Jesus was also enrolled in the school of prayer. And he, like Jonah, he knew the psalms. And when he was on the cross, do you know the scripture that he quoted? Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and he prayed a lament. For three days, Jesus was in the grave. He was dead for three days. And he, he referred, he said, I will be like Jonah. He said that in the Gospels. Who was three days, and then I will be raised from the dead. And he went to the grave with Psalm 22 on his lips. Can I encourage you? Enroll in the school of prayer as Jesus did, and as Jonah did. And as you are faithful then you will grow in your prayers. They will be richer and deeper and more authentic than you can imagine if you invite the Holy Spirit to guide you this year in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love the story of Jonah. Not only is it a good read, but it's lovely to have someone in the Bible that makes as many mistakes as us. <laughs> but he did get the praying right. And we pray, Lord, no matter what we get wrong, May we get our prayers right. May we learn from the school of prayer. May we learn from the Psalms. May your spirit open us up that we will grow in prayer in 2021. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.